Oh, oh yes, the map report? Yes, I've listened to them for years. And they still stink. I kid, I kid. But seriously, it's not very good. Left my home back in Omaha See if I can make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for Alright, in that case, welcome to the Wanted Mep Report, episode number 44 August 23rd, and 2006. How? What's up, everybody out there? The greetings. And how? <laughs> What's up, guys? Right. That's everyone gonna be. That's gonna be my phrase today. I'm just like and how? That's, right now. That's a good compliment to the how. welcome, I think. And how? <laughs> how? It is. That's right. Oh no! Don't Anytime be. I'll try to make the sentence structure. Work. I am the oh, echo master. No wah wah effect, Greg. Please, for the love of God. I it's have going to be another reverb yeah, nightmare. Please do not have. We haven't done that. Midnight in like macaroni eight and cheese available, like they do at Wawa. <laughs> exactly. That'd be terrible. No, oh, no New Jersey, Pennsylvania convenience store for you. That'd be awful. So before we get cracking on tonight's show, I just have to say one thing quickly, which is anyone who is, is listening to us, Are you it, is one, it you? is one thank you. It's one thank you, <laughs> but it's not the thank you we've talked about before. Over at the Podcast Peers Award, we've actually now got six yes votes and zero no votes for nominating us in the favorite category. And if we get five more yes than no votes, then we get nominated and we oh, get to get voted right. on. So we want to thank no, people who did that. <laughs> thank you all for yeah, having voted exactly yes. exactly five. Exactly five. We need 15 yeah. for yes and 10 for no, please. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you for That's voting for saying. us. We appreciate Fine. it. And thank you for all Ooh, your wonderful listening and all that stuff. Okay. That's yeah. great. The story. How was your flight back? Yeah. Everything. I didn't even ask you about this. Oh, yeah. That's like, yeah, these guys hung out, hung out last this weekend. weekend. Yep. We, we spent a fun-filled day in Disneyland. I think Russ might have a Disneyland rant or two. It was really amusing. <laughs> Going to <laughs> Disneyland with Russ. It was like fulfilling an age-old dream. I never made it to, to Disneyland with my friend John Schneider, who is someone I, I feel like I talk about a fair amount on the map because he's this very, like, sardonic, misanthropic character. And Ross reminds me a little bit of him from time to time, to be honest. And, and I sort of always Especially wanted to go to some place like Disneyland when I'm yeah, hungry. with John Schneider, but I never, I never got to. So I fulfilled this dream by going to Disneyland with Russ, and he was very sardonic in the world's happiest place. And it was very entertaining. At times, a little uncomfortable, but uh, mostly entertaining. So that was a good time. But the flight was good. Was it the uncomfortable was when we were on the It's a Small World After All ride, and you had me on your left <laughs> hating every second of it, and your wife, yes. which is like reliving her childhood at the same time? Exactly. I, that that was the moment I probably was most thinking of right there, was was that, yeah, it was like the most What is the surreal, Small World weird. After All ride? Russ did thankfully pull back a little bit and recognize that I was sort of trying to share a moment 
moment with Emily and uh, and pulled back from his constant comments about how everyone around him was mentally disabled for a while. And that was you're all Sega Genesis. You're all Sega Genesis. But, but yeah, for a brief moment, like I'm going into it, I had on my I'm right, sorry. yeah, it's retarded. Yeah, on so. my right was Emily, who was just like jumping up and down with excitement and like you know had been to Disneyland a couple times since she was five or seven, but this ride had always been closed. Like it's a small world has often been closed. So she was extremely excited about it. And then Russ on the other side was just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And then what is was this like to crack jokes about every part of things and being like, these guys are wearing women's hats and nobody cares and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it was just, it was totally surreal. And I was like, how can I handle this? This is why most of the rides only have two seats. So you yeah, don't have like, to experience it. What is this ride, though? <laughs> what is the ride? What, what happens in it? You don't know. Pretty famous. Surely they had Disneyland when you were a child. Surely you're not that old. Yeah, surely Please. I was on the East Tell Coast. Me this isn't true. And surely what I never got Disney out. World, okay, Greg. I think they have Disney World. I've told you the story where I went down to or Florida planes. with my Did grandmother. I stayed at her complex an hour away from Disney World and never got there. The best I got was to walk through some old people's shuffleboard games when I was, you know, seven. So that pretty much was my experience with Disney World. So I'll thank you to keep the Disney World references to a minimum. I'm very bitter about that part of my life. So you've never been to a Disney theme park? I've only been to Bush Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens. Wait, wow. this dissuade you of ever yeah. regretting this part of your life. Wait, yeah. just wait. This will you be, will feel so much be better. This will be a battle for your soul. Whether di- Disneyland thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> Run okay. story. Here it Clea, comes. Clea loved this Disneyland. She's a huge fan. But okay, so what is it? So, t- so oh. what's this ride? Tell you, me this you've ride. You've got to okay. go. Well, you should go with your the wife ride. loves it. And don't take Russ because he hates it. And it'll be <laughs> okay. great. No, go The ride is a representation of world unity. And so basically, they sing this unbelievably repetitive song, which you've obviously heard before. Which it's I'm not a small world after all. It's a small world after all. You know. It's a small world after And it shows little, like, mannequin puppet-looking characters of various ethnicities from various countries. Mannequin like Skywalker, doing, for example. Doing whatever it is that they do, you know, Swedish people making wooden shoes and Chinese people riding <laughs> what dragons, I don't know. And then you just That's sort true. of ride like through on the boat. Stereotypical scene, yeah. It's yeah. a stereotypical and world after all. And it's very cutesy, okay. and they're all just like singing and happy, and the point of the ride is, look, the, everyone is a little silly mannequin, and we're all the same, no matter where we come from. And you're in a boat in the Does river, which happen? is a key facet that makes it cool. You're in a boat. You just ride around. Nothing it's a happens. ride. Nothing it's not happens. like a it's roller coaster. A ride. It's just a ride. You don't rock have a whirlpool. It's like a of ride. Things ride. <laughs> you don't have a whirlpool that you have to no. worry about. And okay. it's, yeah, it's not. It's a more of a passive ride, but it's definitely a ride. It counts. I think that they could really improve on that ride like by making show. it the Buzz Lightyear ride, where it's all a big shooting gallery, and you can take a bead on these little idiot characters singing oh, this God. repetitive song and shoot their heads off for it's points. It's a small that would rope. make it the best ride <laughs> of all yeah. time. That well, you guys normal. actually did uh, take no. a picture that I you sent me the only that thing- had um, you and true. Russ, that had you guys together on this ride shooting yeah, we may post at that. some laser thing somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll try to was- get that up on the website soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was us on the Buzz Lightyear ride, which is the newest ride, as far as I know, at Disneyland, and it's actually a video game where you go through, and, and much as Russ was saying, you shoot things up. So we do have a picture win? of Russ and I. We were in the same no, car. No, we were terrible. Uh, no, <laughs> no, we got torched by some of the people we were with. Although there, the second time we went through, the ride broke down like 55 times while we were in it there. Awesome. It broke down like, and then you'd go five feet, and it would break down again. By far the best ride in the world to break down, because all you're doing 
doing is sitting there zapping little Z's for Zerg <laughs> all over the place. So, because it's yep. Buzz Lightyear. So it's phenomenal. So you just sit there and zap, 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 and get. And it was great because for a while, Russ was sitting there. You know, Russ was on the right side of the car. I was on the left side. We were generally focusing on our relative sides. And for a while, Russ was sitting there pounding away, like, at point-blank range at this 100-point Z. And I was pounding away at point-blank range at this 1,000-point Z. <laughs> and Russ turned and flinched and looked at this and, like, since we've stopped, you've quadrupled. You know, I'd just taken off on top of him. So he's like, you know, screw that. I'm going to fire at your Z. So he, like, turned the car around and took over my Z. It was, it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I so see. that was good. Yeah. So we have another was... picture that has, like, crazy inflated scores. But, uh, yeah, it was good we because were not that good sort of it. ride really tapped into our instinctual video game nature of, like, spamming the hell out of things and, you know, basically, um, what's the word yeah, I'm looking for? Abusing loopholes. Anything that you can abuse <laughs> on the ride. Like, when it breaks down, you're like, yes, it broke down! More points for me! I'm staying for a half hour till I have the best score! <laughs> so that part was good. I, see. I enjoyed right. that. That was fun. I see. That was a good. That was a good yeah. time. Actually, okay, so Russ came around. Most of it, other than the small world thing, I, I challenge him to say that he did not have a good time on most of it. But he was sort of misanthropic. I'm too old to get into the meta nonsense. I mean, I'm ready to do this. If you want to do this, we can do this right now. I mean, we whatever. can talk about you Disneyland you on the whole. We, okay. we can do whatever you want, man. It's Bring it. You're worried for my soul, good, after all. It's the Met report. The battle for Greg's soul. Right. Here's what I'll say in um, story's defense. I'm going to sort of preface anything that I might say bad about Disneyland. First of all, I don't think East Coast people have Disneyland built up in their mind, or Disney World, as this important thing, such as West Coast people do. That's I think true. it's way Clea more entrenched in, as right. children when they grow up. It's way more important huh. to them because it's fair. all around. Okay. And so, therefore, there's a much bigger expectation of what the thing is supposed to be. And if, especially if you go when you're a kid, it gets imprinted on you, and it's something you remember for the rest of your life, which is a lot of East Coasters don't experience that. And I didn't really. I mean, I went when I was seven, but I, like, got the chicken pox, which was not the way to imprint it as a wonderful <laughs> memory in me, so... <laughs> Like, Disney World is the place where you get part. the chicken I, pox. Terrible. Jesus. Yeah. So I was basically coming at it from the perspective of, I'm an adult. What am I going to get out of this place? And the answer is not terribly much other than a hamburger <laughs> for $1,000 and walking through a zoo of 100 bazillion people and waiting in line most of the time. And I could do without most of that stuff. Was it a good so hamburger? On that sense. For $1,000? I totally... Un no. Oh, the food is terrible. The food is terrible and 10 times as much as it should cost. That's, it's just blatantly offensive to me how much things cost at Disney World. It's like, you, <laughs> the once you enter the gates... terrible, and it's airport prices. Once you enter prices. the gates, if you're not some kind of self-sufficient human being with, like, your own water supply and your own food supply, like, they will drain you dry. Because you will <laughs> buy a Disneyland scarf that costs $275, <laughs> and then you'll buy a hamburger for $50, and then you'll be like, but I must survive. And they're like, well, water is $17 if you want to survive. <laughs> No money. <laughs> this is what Disneyland does. So be prepared. You could have avoided like the two hundred seventy-five dollars environment. It's like every other closed environment that does marketing. It's just like a ballpark. It's just like an airport. They will sell you things for you know, an arm and a leg because they can. We went to see an That's Angels game is. the next day, and I could not have been happier at how much less money I spent than when I was at Disneyland. I was like, hot dog for five dollars? Oh, Give me five. This is awesome. I just gave Disneyland. <laughs> Look, it's a small world after all. It's a hot dog after all. I really, I swear to God, to go through the ballpark through the whole day, I was like, this is great. I'll have eight more slushies because I can't ever spend as much money as I did yesterday. <laughs>
it's not uh, that bad. Funny, uh, but not okay. that bad. <clears throat> so there, okay. I mean, those parts I don't think is really what is at the core of sure. whether Disneyland is a good thing or not. Those are just annoying things about what Story said. Enclosed marketing atmospheres, fine. They will market things and right. they will have expensive, crappy, low bitter type food, cafeteria-like food. That's fine. I think a lot of what is tied up in people's love of Disneyland is this sense of magic, this sense of ethereal. I don't. I shouldn't say that. That's a buzzword around Wispy. here. Wispy. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, here it comes. You know, this sense of like happy, poofy, feely goodness. And whether it's there or not, it doesn't matter because, A, you're associating things from that you loved when you were a child, so that makes everything automatically better. And this cartoony, happy land of goodness, which is what Disneyland's supposed to be. And for me, very rational person, I just don't see any of this. And this goes back to my... I, I think... I'm going to take us on a tangent here, unfortunately. I don't know if we'll ever get back to Disneyland. Here we go. Gro- <laughs> growing up... No! As, come back, as a pirates! Jew. No! Ready? Growing up as a Jew is already like the first and I'm not religious we all know that I'm not religious but the first thing that you learn when you grow up as a Jew is that a vast majority of people are just weird this is what you learn. Israel Disney just like, sucks since they bombed it. Yeah, it does. It was no mo- the no castle fun after is the now oh, crazy. It's like an inverted castle. It's no good. <laughs> it's not good. It's no 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 fun. Like, it's just armed the guards. First thing you, you just learn. ride around the armed guard roller coaster the whole time, <laughs> and then the we bomb Lebanon roller coaster. It's not fun. Oh, no, it's no good. It's you, a Hezbollah <laughs> brigade. It's a Hezbollah brigade. La brigade. <laughs> Okay. And you're driving, and you're driving around. Well, like zap the suicide bomber in the crowd. It, it, none of this is fun. The it's, card itself is, is painted a light blue, so it gets periodically fired at by both sides. It's just not. It's not a good thing. It's terrible. <laughs> we believe that Disneyland is the primordial right of the Islamic people, and that they should not have it in Jerusalem. And we want. All right. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine where they would build it? That, that in itself would be an eternal conflict. Good luck. Because clearly, they really they, they build it right over. in Jerusalem. It's they just Jerusalem be like, Disneyland. we have to find the, right, yeah. the most controversial <laughs> place really in the like world. That. We'll it's put true. it right there, and we'll make sure that each person wants access to it at the exact same like sanctuary. It is our turn to ride the roller coaster. No, it is not. I'll not destroy. You know, stuff like that. It's and like Mickey Mouse is a holy thing. relic for all three different sides <laughs> and different ways. I will destroy. Screen. Mickey Mouse is ours. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The okay. first thing that you learn but you're when you're like five as a Jewish child is why does everyone in my class think that this person, Santa Claus, exists and my parents are telling me that he doesn't? This is just weird. It's like, okay, the whole country has gone insane. The whole country believes in this mythical figure that they try to convince kids exists, right. but you've been given the inside knowledge that he doesn't. They all celebrate this thing which your parents tell you we just don't do, and you don't know why, because we don't necessarily get into the whole Jesus part of the Jewish religion, but you just know we don't do that, everybody else does that. So in the very beginning, there's just sort of a sense that things are, will go on in the world that you are not a part of, and it, you just get distanced, and that was just the first experience of that. And then, like, okay. later on in life, you know, I believe that the U.S. was a benevolent government. And then in high school, I started learning about things. I'm like, the U.S. is not a benevolent government. What the <laughs> hell? I thought that we were all together and doing good things. Sadly, Apparently, you also not. learned at that time but that this, Santa Claus was real, and then everything got very confused. Right, in the world. exactly. That wasn't exactly how it was supposed to work. Sorry. Santa Claus was the first part of this. 
So to translate this, I guess, makes sense. somewhat smoothly back into the Disneyland analogy, I already knew the jig was up. I knew that there was a guy in a costume. I never actually, at any age, ever actually thought this is a cartoon character from TV. I'm like, this is a weird guy in a costume. So this is going to, you know, dampen the spirit of magicalness. When I walk in, I'm like, why are these idiots, the, these, why are they putting midgets in costumes for my enjoyment? I mean, that might be entertaining, but are you trying to get me to believe that these are real things, or are they just costumed idiots that dance for me? I don't really understand. Right. That's my first problem. He asked these questions live in Disneyland, almost audibly <laughs> to other people, just so you know. <laughs> this was what going through Disneyland was like. So I look at all the idiots. Why are the idiots doing this? Why are they all lining up for this idiot? Exactly. Perfect like, example. Um, We're lined uh, up for the small the world can ride. Hear you. And there are people on a train, like a Disneyland train, and they're, I guess they're taking a tour of the park. <laughs> and they're all oh God, waving. To the people in line at the Small World ride. And I'm like, you people aren't part of the cast. You're just waving to strangers because some moron conductor said, look, Disneyland, we wave to people. I'm like, why? You're adults. Why, why are you waving why at each other? Why does your conductor sound the same as your wizard? They're just like, look, Disneyland, alchemy. Oh, that wizards and gold yeah. and drivers. It's very much the same thing. Same kind of thing, yeah. He convinced Hunksters, them that right? they're somewhere they're not. They're all waving to us like idiots. And I'm just like... You wouldn't wave to me at any point another time. Okay, I'm getting away from myself here. Yes. Because I feel like the overarching theme of my objection to Disneyland... Okay, here's really where my objection is. Yes, all the fakey stuff I can kind of see through, but people think that when they go to Disneyland that they're going to a land of, like, adventure and excitement that they don't have in their own lives, and all they get out of it is a very, very empty rendering of an experience. Like, they are pretending to be chased around by ghosts. They're pretending to be on a pirate ship. They're pretending to be in a movie. But really, the exciting people are the people who lived those lives, did those things, put their lives on the line. Like, we're pioneers, we're all these important things in life. And I just think it's sort of a shallow experience that's, that the only excitement you get as an American citizen that's is the when same you argument. pretend to do shit. It's so funny because never actually did. There's an article, there's an essay that was written by a guy named Maxime Gorky. You may have heard of the Gorky Park. That's what he's named after. And he wrote this article about people who went to Coney Island saying much the same thing, that they were sheep and that they were doing this basically to sort of, you know, pretend that they were things which they weren't. And it was basically done so they could drain their resources and then go back to work for the man. You know, it's all very sort of socialist in that way. But yeah, I mean, and I've also felt myself a little bit of that kind of, if it's fake, it doesn't work as well for me. But I guess the question is like, like, if you go in and think to, thinking to yourself, this is ridiculous, nothing will ever be magical, you know, like, if you're bound to determine not to see magic anywhere, then you probably will not see it, right? Like, I mean, you're pretty much setting yourself up that it ain't going to happen. Can I just well, say, before Russ answers that, that that is the weirdest argument, Russ's argument is the weirdest argument I have ever heard from someone who logged months of his life in playing hours <laughs> in a fantasy role-playing But that game. was real, yo! The weirdest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. How do these yep. two things are compatible point. with each other? Or is it's the argument, if it had been totally a medieval that. role-playing land, you would have been all over it? Because we joked about that. Do you remember? We walked through the castle, and we suddenly started doing Dark Age moves, and we were, like, joking about that immediately upon awesome. getting in the castle. We're like, where's I the totally Lord? Here we go. And I think, I story, think the magic was on there for a second. Story, you, you know for a fact that I don't look fondly upon my times playing Dark Age of Camelot, that I kind of regret oh, spending sure. as much time as I did doing this. You don't see that as an this. ideal. But goddamn, did you enjoy it. 
You really well, did. Look, you had a good here's time. the thing. I'm like the guy who's gone through rehab, going back to like you know a drug <laughs> okay. den somewhere, okay. and being like, Jesus good Christ, move. people, you're pissing away your lives. Don't you understand what good this kind move. of thing leads to? I like to? that. I okay. like what you did there. I like what you did there. Okay, good move. That's, that's so I can see argument. it more clearly no, than like they it. can. Okay. Because I've been more okay. escapist than they fine. could ever imagine they would ever be in their entire lives. And like, it's not, that's it's not, not fulfilling. You're here for one day with a plastic toy. I don't <laughs> exactly. even need plastic, and I could be there for months. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. All right. I got it. So, I got it. That's great. I know the world of escapism, and it's really not that great. And really, you should try to do something actual and real with your lives. Like a digital made-up podcast. That's more important. Absolutely. <laughs> life Absolutely. Like, go online and talk to... <laughs> That's talk deeply to impressive. <laughs> but today Damn actually it. exist. The listeners Why actually are out there. meaning! No! <laughs> I mean, the truth is that to a degree... Tune in next week when I was Andy returns to, s- to replace Russ. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, no, I mean, like, the truth is, no. though... jeez. No. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, like, the truth is that if you go into these things... I mean, I, I had the same thing where Clea has these two friends who love Disney World. And it's a little odd, I think. They're just like, it's great because they're so friendly. These are, like, smart people. And I feel like they're kind of seeding their intelligence in a way to sort of allow themselves to... But for them, it's really important. And I think part of it is just that you have to allow Any the kind of... sports, though? Uh, well, that's what I was going to get. To, that's what I was going to get to. I think that the problem okay. is that when you talk about a fan who is a fanatic, right? The fan is a short for fanatic. Right. That you're talking about people who will gladly, you know, wear I think face paint. Is short for fan. Yeah, I think you had that yeah, right. So I apologize. Uh, from, from, the, from a fan's perspective, <laughs> short it's short for, for fan. Fanatic was short for fan from the fan's perspective. <laughs> but anyway, want to, Fanta, but want to, want to, want to, they Fanta. wear, you know, this outfit yeah. and they wear this body paint <laughs> and they wear all this stuff and. They have no problem with that because they're clearly getting into the sort of magic of thinking. The, and this is, and I hate people who do this when they talk about like, well, you know, we have to do this, and what we, you're not we, you're you're five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, you're not we time. anything, okay? Like you have nothing to do with that anything. That was the Rudy like, speech. Me. Yeah, well, you're five foot nothing, yeah, hundred and nothing. Yeah, exactly. You ain't got a shred of athletic ability. Yes. Why are you at Disney World? You can't even walk on the line. <laughs> exactly. You suck. So that's the thing. Go away. Is that like you know from Notre Dame is Disneyland and college by the way from the oh Sorry. yeah no kidding i agree with that and five um, but nothing a hundred nothing is the precise dimension to put on one of those costumes is that what it is so would you would you bring yeah. all that stuff together <laughs> yeah it just feels like i mean you're kind of setting your i guess that's what it gets back to what i said before about setting yourself up i mean you have to go into it saying okay this is all silly but i'm gonna you know suspend my disbelief and have a good time regardless and if you keep sitting around going you know yeah, i just can't take true. it i can't take it no meaning can't take it you know that it's like you're never going to enjoy anything well, about the experience right that's true and i think that the suspension of disbelief is an important part it's something that i do when i watch movies so i clearly know how to do it at least to a degree and i guess i could have he tried to do skill. it more at disneyland he has the ability he can't have fun we don't know why he has the technology uh, but i think that there are only i think uh, the other part of disneyland that i have a more specific objection to other than the money part, which is just, uh, absorbently, ridiculously expensive, which offends me. But I think they do this and give you, like, two really great things and then a bunch of really shoddy things to fill in. Because if it was ever an a la carte Disneyland experience, I would be like, I will pay 10 bucks for the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. I will pay 5 bucks for Space Mountain. I would not 
you know, you couldn't give me money to ride the It's a Small World ride, but I'm paying <laughs> the same for everything because you make me pay at the door. That pisses me off, too. By the way, Clea, do has, Clea really has, like, an emotional connection to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Like, I'm serious. Like, she, that ride was so important to her growing up, and, like, she took so much value out of it that she... Me, too. You know, she was, me like... Too. It was, like, Absolutely. really important to her, like, to be able to do that. And when they changed it, I don't know if this happened to you, Story, but when they changed it, she was, like, not even having seen uh-huh. it. She was really sad about it because it's like they were changing a piece, you know, like a piece of their childhood and that's where i think what russ said about it is true too like from the east coast i'm like you care about a amusement park ride i i don't uh i don't know no i was concerned and having seen it it's not that bad you can tell her that very little of it has changed they just sort of jack sparrow sized a few of the aspects but most of the stuff is the same and it's it's really just a little more vibrant and actually we had a disneyland expert because two of the people we went with a good friend of mine and her fiance that we referenced a couple shows ago, and uh, a good friend of mine who happens to be an ex-girlfriend, they have a Naturally. Disneyland pass. They have an annual pass, which Russ almost signed up for during the show. Yes. Um, or during the time there. Can he was, I come he was back? almost there. Actually, after Pirates, I probably yeah. could have sold him, but <laughs> but that's about it. You could ride Pirates all day. Only so, on the basis yeah, of, anyway. instead of $60 per visit, it would have been like $2 per right. visit if I bought the year-long pass. That was the real incentive. That's true. The problem is I would have to that's keep going back to Disneyland to make my money back, which was not <laughs> exactly. the good part. It's, it's like to do something else, like shovel snow to make my money back. See, for me, long pass. the issue with amusement parks is that, like, I don't, since I don't like roller coasters, it kind of takes away a big part. Like, I like some rides, but I like rides that other people don't tend to like. So, I like the scrambler rides, you know, the ones where you act like they're, you get into the one, you get into oh, them and then know. they swing them oh, left and right. You know what I'm we talking about? Cups, baby. Yeah, it's like yeah. the teacups. Yeah, it's like that. Dude, you See, would I, love Disneyland. Greg, next I, but time I hate I'm going roller coasters, you to Disneyland because you would have a blast. <laughs> but there are no serious roller coasters. There's like one and a half serious roller coasters. And most Agreed. of them are just really fun, like, soft roller coasters that, you know, they're, like, just below the level that you could call it, like, a hardcore roller coaster. And they're really fun, and they're, like, you, you know, realize that a soft roller coaster... Smooth, they're not, like, the rickety ones. That would be one level above what I would ever want to go on. I hate roller coasters. I don't want to go on really? any roller coaster, good, bad, okay. or indifferent. Okay. <laughs> it's well, funny then you'd that you ditch three that. of the rides, and you'd enjoy the rest of it. So I love fine. water yeah. rides, too, the by the way. Are there any most. water rides there? I love anything water-related. like, all water rides. Except yeah. for the log thing. I don't like the log. There's one stuff, that we didn't do. But the big one we didn't do. It was funny. I had the exact opposite reaction, which was anything resembling a roller coaster was by far the most fun thing at Disneyland. And then the silly rides like Wild, um, Wild Toads Magic Ride. Is that what it is? Magic Toads Wild no, Ride. No, Mr. Toads, ride, um, Toad Mr. Ride. Toad's Wild Ride. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mr. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Toad Happy Fun Land Ride. From the Wind yeah. to the Willows. Great book. <laughs> that one Great sucked. book. Well, what is that it ride? It was just like? a little cart and showed you a bunch of cardboard. It's what? a card in cardboard. What? And you move through the cardboard. It's, it's and then actually, it's like you're done. I really like it. It's because if you've read Wind in the Willows, it's fun. Which I have. And, and again, it comes back to childhood. I had read mm-hmm. Wind in the Willows as a kid. I loved it as a kid. I had watched like the little TV series that they had or whatever it was, the little mini series or something. They had something on TV about it. And then I went to Disneyland and I was over the moon about Mr. Toe's Wild Ride. And it was amazing because, you know, it was based on this thing that I loved and it was fantastic. And I got to see it come to life and it was great. So, you know, my whole life, anytime that I will set foot in a Disney place, I will definitely make sure to do Mr. Toad's Wild Ride because it has all these associations. But yeah, a lot of the enjoyment is stuff that's been built up over time that like going and doing that reminds me of childhood. It reminds me of exactly. the book that I liked. It reminds me of being there the first time. Right. So it, it entirely relies on the, that. You know, then. the magic Under- and the memories. 
It's not, not good by itself. I mean, I still think I would enjoy it a little bit. If I were able to suspend the disbelief and I had never been there, I might enjoy it. I'd enjoy it more than Ross. But, you know, yeah, would I enjoy it at the same level? No. You, as an aficionado of Wind in the Willows, just saying what you did enthusiastically, I'm, might enjoy that's it. That's a great book. But, Over, an underrated yeah. book. So you might enjoy it, but you know it wouldn't be you wouldn't enjoy it as much as I would, but you would enjoy it probably. Yeah, huge problem for me. Disneyland. I was not coming in with the Disneyland background. I'd seen some Disney right. movies, but they weren't any of my favorite or fond memories. And so I was basically like, here's Disneyland as it is. And it has no backing. It has no advantage, you know, going into the ballpark. And that was not good for Disneyland. It did not. Right. Which would much. be exactly, I, I would posit, as I think we've agreed, would be exactly like going to a baseball game, having never been particularly fond of sports, into sports, yep. following any oh, teams, totally. or having any interest. Absolutely. And I think that all of these things, that are entertaining or have sort of the same facet that it's the degree to which you buy into them and have an interest. Although there's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna totally accept you putting Disneyland on par with the baseball game, even to an outside observer, because I think a baseball game is all about reality and watching in real time people react to things that they can't possibly predict and gauging their reactions and seeing how they compete under stress. Disneyland is the opposite. It's all okay. fake. It's all planned. It's orchestrated. And it's all completely yeah. Con- yeah, orchestrated. And that, okay. that's one of the things so I love the then, most about baseball. Then maybe a play yeah. or you know, some you sort of theatrical performance, which is just as choreographed and planned, designed to get a reaction. And, you know, that's fair. I wish I would probably also hate. So, yeah. <laughs> or a taped baseball game. No. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you guys remember that commercial um, that they or, had for Nike for a while, which was uh, the Michael Vick experience, and it's this kid who gets in this ride, and it's supposedly like, oh, yeah. you know, he's running down a field, and he's diving out of the way of people and stuff, because it's supposedly how Michael Vick feels when he's running down the field. That would be pretty wild if you were doing some kind of baseball thing. Like, if Story had the opportunity to be, like, Ichiro, and it was like, get in the, you know, get into the seat, and now you're going to ride around oh, the bases as fast as now? Ichiro. Yeah, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just combining them together. You know, or Russ, like, gets to be in <laughs> Or, or Russ gets into like a Yankee oh, we uniform, would totally live at and then land. he gets up to bat, that and is then annual pass we would get, and then Stein, and then a guy comes down and like drops a bunch of money on his head, and then he could feel like what it's like to be a Yankee player. So it, it would it would really connect all of those things together, I think, is how that would work. Or we could just watch the Yankees That'd play the great. Red Sox in a five-game series <laughs> and watch the inevitable outcome. All right, all uh, right. Which was predetermined. And boom. All <laughs> right, and boom. Unnecessary. Can I, say a few I was words talking about, about money. I think. It's, oh, please don't. I think it's. Uh, it's, it's, the, the, it's in the news. The season was uh, over, though. I'm not, you're not going to be saying anything to me that I don't know already know. The season already okay, was over. Uh, you shouldn't need to accept any talk because you already believe the season was over. Yeah. All I want to say the popcorn is that not ready, guys. Give me a second. As a Yankee okay, fan, David Ortiz has been the boogeyman for three years. For three years, David Ortiz has scared the bejesus out of every Yankee fan and every Yankee player. And I think there was a genuine belief that we could not beat these guys with this magical man on the team. Like, there's nothing you can do. Because something's going to happen. Schilling will be good enough. And other guys will be good. Then David Ortiz will, like, piss on your head in a very clutch situation. Because he just, he's a bad man. And I think finally, in this five-game series, for the first time in three years, the Yankee fans feel like they exercise the demons like we believe that we can finally beat this team and that was a huge I love how the Yankees Yankee feel like they to have to finally for the first time in three we years finally could beat the Red Sox even though yeah we've beaten Seriously, them lots it of was times like that. but you've beaten the Red Sox all kinds of times since, why would you feel not since 04 uh, not since 04 yes that was a great year can we go back to that uh, oh, four. <laughs> yeah. I, so don't, I don't series, know. I think Bobby Abreu is like the antidote to David Ortiz because he just didn't care. He like walked in Bobby and unlike a hundred million other players who would freak out and be horrible, i.e. A-Rod, 
he just didn't care. He just walked in and he's like, okay, so I'm just going to do what I've always done, which is almost impossible to do in the pressure cooker setting that is these two teams, which is what David Ortiz does, basically. So all of a sudden we have our own David Ortiz and it sort of canceled him out. That's what I think happened. Speaking of Abreu as David Ortiz is a pretty funny thought, but, you know, my, my whole feeling towards all of that is that the Red Sox, I don't believe in any of the sort of wispy, ethereal curse stuff. I think it basically, you know, which is over anyway since 2004, I think it all basically comes down to the fact that the Red Sox have three-fifths of their rotation on uh, three is the rotation on the DL. They have tons of injuries, and the team's just not good enough. And, you know, they have all these 22-year-olds trying to fill roles that veterans ought to be in. And, you know, that's fine. Like, I'm not, I, again, as I say, ever since they won in 2004, all of this has mattered much less to me. So, of course, I want the Red Sox to win, but I'm not, you know, that's that's fine. It really didn't bother me at all. As a Yankee fan, not a big deal. I'm just locked in. No matter what they do, I have to care. And so, for the five-game series, was was huge for me. I, I really felt good about them for the first time in a long time. As a Mariner fan, I was really locked into the 11-game losing streak to the <laughs> AL West. <laughs> that was awesome. And I actually what about your own personal losing games. streak? As two of those Mariners. games. Yeah. yeah, this year I was 0-7. The Mariners were 0-7 in front of me, all against the AL West opponents. And uh, the last two were both part of this 11-game losing streak on the road to AL West opponents, both by one run. One in the bottom of the eighth inning and one in the bottom of the ninth inning. They ended. So um, I don't care about baseball anymore. Baseball is over. (laughs) Until next time. Why are we talking about Mickey Mouse? That's really what the MEP report's about. I can't believe we transitioned back to baseball. But in a way, it is our modern Disneyland, isn't it? (laughs) It's like a modern day Disneyland. Like, you know, this is is the effect of it. Or you could say a male adult Disneyland. This is what male adults do for Disneyland uh, yeah. is they watch sports. I think that's I think that's or, fair enough. Yeah, I like much. that. I wanted to throw something out there because th- this is something uh, I was uh, talking with uh, Andy the other day, and we were talking about fantasy sports, and he was saying, well, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm really going to do it because, you know, I feel like it's been, you know, it's been like four or five years, and it's all the same. Andy, of course, always wins every league that he's ever in. But I was just sort of like getting Except last year, baby. You have quite a streak. How would you get tired of of fa- like? I mean, I'm not sure. How, I can understand getting tired of doing a lot of them, but I don't know. I'd like doesn't strike me that fantasy sports is something that if you because got interested Greg, in, you would get tired of it. This is a brain issue. This is not a fantasy sports issue because you think of this as oh yeah, more games. I like doing different games. It's fun. People right. like me and people like story and people like Andy think of it as I have to devote my entire life to make sure that I win, and that gets very tiring. <laughs> see, it's something that you. I I actually don't compete that heavily or don't care that much about it because I always know going into it that I'm never going to be good enough and I know what it would take to be good enough and I don't care that much and I don't want to do it. So I actually just sort of use it as a random outlet. To, I mean, baseball I enjoy and football is fun because football I feel good about the competitive aspect and I take that pretty seriously. But I also know that I'm always going to do really, really well in the regular season and lose in the first round of the playoffs. So that's that pattern has been set now. Baseball, I'm just never going to be good enough to be the top. I'm more competitive than usual, but I just can't get that excited about it. It's fine, but, you know, it's a fun way to keep in touch with people and to hang out, and, you know, it's a habit. It's like putting socks on, you know? It's like if somebody told you tomorrow, stop putting socks on, like, and you'll still enjoy it as much as wearing socks. And it's like, well, I guess, you know, it saves me about four and a half seconds a day. Uh, Okay, great. You know, it would have no impact on me. Quitting fantasy sports would be about like that. It'd be like, okay. I probably wouldn't miss it, but I probably wouldn't like it either. And okay, four and a half seconds gone. So, no, but I, I can see getting tired sports. of it, feeling like you're missing out on time or something. 
I could All that. right, maybe I'm the only one that understands Andy. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Andy, I understand. I suppose. I just, you know, it's just sort <laughs> of like a... But it didn't it's seem training. to him like it was kind yeah, of... You and tough. Andy have won leagues. Well, which Greg and I have. Well, yeah. I, I, and excuse and me. We're constantly like, do you have won a league? For months at a time, like... What league did you win? Did you? I won you a, Clea had a one-on-one league. I won a mid. Excuse me, wise guy. I won a mid-year fantasy football league, and I also came in. I've also had very good like overall set of performances yeah. in football, and I've also won a two college uh, basketball pick'em leagues. And okay, the putting those are not green leagues. Invitational those fantasy are sheets. <laughs> those are pools. Hey, that I have we no consistently have good football performance. It's more convenient no. to do them online. Exactly. And mid-season leagues, Greg, I said that I hadn't won any leagues, and I have won a mid-season baseball league, but it doesn't <laughs> count. It doesn't count, okay? Yahoo thinks I've won a league. It's garbage, okay? No, you lose. Look, I, lo- I log on Yahoo, and I look at these little awards that I have, and I, I they're there. That's they're trophies. Good. They're trophies. They're good. See, that's the problem. You're competing by yourself because you're logging on to Yahoo, and the rest of us are logging what? on to Yahoo and competing with other people. Ah, <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, the way clever. you say Yahoo, man. Yahoo. You're always like a bunch of Yahoo. 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 Nobody says that. Dude, their yeah. website would not be number two in the world if it were Yahoo. It would be like number well, 472. Isn't that what it is? It's Y-E-A-H-O-O. It's Y-E-A-H-O-O. No. Yahoo. You pronounce it Yahoo. The fact that they want to try to make it into it, it's Yahoo. It's like when they named the car Renault. Everyone called it Renault. And then they spent millions of dollars convincing people to call it Renault. And everyone's like, why would you call it Renault? And they're like, because it's Renault. Yeah. Then after a while, they decided that it would be better if people went back to the old way because it would be more um, down home and accessible. So then they spent more millions of dollars getting people to change it back from Renault to Renault. So, I mean, the whole thing is silly anyway. No, this happens all the time. J.J. Putz, the uh, Seattle closer. Which everyone tries to call Putz. J.J. Putz. I know. It's like, They're trying to call him Putz. It's Putz. And it's, it's always funny whenever you tune into MLB baseball, who's gotten the memo and who hasn't. Because they'll like go to interleague play, and the Dodgers guy will be like, J.J. Putz stands in. And then like three innings later, J.J. Putz. Putz. <laughs> Putz. Exactly. And it's just, you know, I mean, not that he's around for three innings, but they'll be talking him up before the game or whatever. It's just really Hyundai. The the brand is called Hon- yeah. Hyundai, but they call it Hyundai because Americans like days more than death. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, during the whole first Gulf War, George Bush, the first, started calling Saddam Hussein Saddam Hussein. Saddam. Because he wanted you to think. Saddam. Of sodomy. No, he called him Sodom. He just straight up, the, the recent Bush has called him all kinds of things, including, you know, whatever, like weapons of mass destruction right. and other made-up names. But Sodom, he just always called him. And then the media picked up on it. Everybody picked up on it. It's just branding. It's just semantic branding. It's funny, though. Okay, incidentally, Yeah, I think of Sodom. I've always wanted great. to see what would happen if Kevin Mensch faced J.J. Putz, because then it would be a battle of the Yiddish last names, one being a very good connotation, one being very bad. So it'd be like, he's a good guy, he's a schmuck. I wonder who wins. You know, baseball does... It'd be like listening to the Chicago White Sox announcers. Oh, God. Get started on that. Oh, my God. Those guys... Baseball... (laughs) It's funny, though. Suck. Baseball does this all the time. Fuck. They're terrible. Baseball does this all the time with Latin names. Have you you noticed this? Where they overpronounce Latin names? They have... There's a guy in the Red Sox whose name is Rudy Sienes, and everyone 
everyone and all the national announcers are like Rudy Seonyes. It's like if we add in as many, you're all you're all said Rudy Carita Carachita Lakita Vargas. Please welcome to the pitching amount. Rudy Seonyes. Exactly. And everyone's like, it's Rudy Seonyes. He's like Rudy Seonyes. Go. Yeah, exactly. But the first person with you that last know. name who was called up to the big leagues was called Signs. They pronounced his last name Signs. Yep. So they're just overcompensating yep. for the past. You know, it's like all these things. Like, uh, what's the worst example of this? There's a uh, oh, uh, the first. Remember Greg Gagne from the from the Twins? Sure. They called him Gagne when yep. his name's Gagne and stuff like that. There's horrible examples of this throughout baseball. Let alone the original people before Roberto Clemente who just butchered their names and were like, oh, uh, there was a shortstop Bob for the Yankees Jones. in the '80s. One of the first Japanese players ever. His name was Len Sakata, and everyone called him Jimmy, and that was really messed up. I'm like he has a yeah, name, man. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's like so, adding in hockey. You know, we so talked about this before. Adding a Y to everything elsewhere. So it's like, you know, Bobby Jones, Frankie Smith, Bobby Stevens, Frankie Raw, Patty. Wa- I mean, there's no, everyone has T-Y that's at the end of their name. That's actually because they're all 11 years old. Stevie Franklin. It's just yeah, human growth hormone. <laughs> that could very they're well all- be. They're all actually Latin. Pretty impressive. They haven't outgrown their nicknames. They haven't figured out a way to call Dominic Koshik with a Y. Mario Lemieux is like 25, and he's broken. M- you know, Mary Lemieux. My hockey player is. Yeah. Or maybe he's a tennis player. I forget. His name is Guy Forget. You know Guy Forget? Guy Forget, yeah. No, oh, I, I don't remember <laughs> yeah. him for some otherwise reason. Known as, otherwise known as Guy Forget. Because he has the greatest name ever, only because he's ethnic. If he was not ethnic, he would be Guy Forget. <laughs> and that would be the best Guy name ever. Wait, who are we talking about? Guy Forget. I don't remember his story. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I think it's Guy Forget. <laughs> oh, okay. Very clever. All right. Very, very cute. It's Brazilian. Very cute. It's Italian. <laughs> no, I got something to throw your <laughs> to throw out there. Um, because I was getting yeah. my hair cut today, and the guy who's cutting my hair, I think I've talked about him before in the Met Report, is Italian. So I asked him about the Italian team with the World Cup stuff, and I particularly asked him about the Zinedine Zidane thing. And his take on it was, well, he had a couple takes on it, but his first take was, he's like, look. If he wants to turn around, punch the man in the face. You know, he calls his mother a whore. He says, I don't like the whore. I don't like being called. You turn around, punch him in the face. That's fine. You kick him in the gr- And he proceeds to go through these series of things that Zenedine Zidane could have done that he wouldn't have had a problem with. If he wants to sweep the leg, that's fine. If he wants you to break his, break his back over his knee, that's fine. But to headbutt him when he's not expecting it, you know, like that became like the worst thing ever. It's like, you know, if you want to rip off his arm and beat him to death with it, that's fine. But if you headbutt him when he least expects it. That's so wrong. And he just then he went on to talk Later about. Later you hire seven hitmen yes. with AK-47s, wipe out his whole family and lineage. That's fine. fine. You know that's fine. okay. That's fine. So he expects that. And he, he actually then he went on to say that well, his opinion was and it reminded me of what he said. He's like, like that's not fine. It's just his, it's just you know it, he's like I'm sorry but it's just something maybe it's some of the Arab blood. I'm like oh god. I'm like no it's not the Arab blood that's nice. causing him to do there this. There it is. I'm like that I'm like wow, I'm like friend. oh god. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like that's not it. Oh dear. I was like he's like he but then he corrected go, go. himself. He's like Italian he's fashion. like no it's probably not the Arab blood. He's like it's probably just the French blood. I'm like great so it's just an anti-francophone thing then. I oh. got which is probably even worse, but it was it was just sort of like oh yeah, it's probably there, his ethnicity. There we go. Whatever it is, we can blame ethnicity. Yeah, I th- that's probably yeah, that's, the exactly. Thing. Oh, we're talking exactly. about ethnicity. 
The Italian people, hey, they're used to shooting. They've seen it as shooting. They've seen it as stabbing. You take an ice pick, bam, you whack a guy. <laughs> but you don't, ha what, you going to headbutt me in the chest? I've never seen this before. This has got to be bad. Did you just transition? This, we do bad stuff. We never did do Did you that. transition from Italy to New Jersey without, you know, without a, without a safety net? I think you just did that in about five seconds. I think there seconds. are some commonalities there on occasion. Oh, what are you doing? What you got at the button? What are you doing? Yeah. Hey, what are you going to do? You going to live in Brooklyn or you going to live in Italy? Well, who cares? It's the same thing. All right, now Italy. You're going to headbutt me in the chest? You're going to rape my family. I, I hope you rape my family because I'm not about to accept you headbutting me in the chest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Capiche? Yes. <laughs> this is well, this is not being recorded anymore, right? We're done. We were just little, fucking around. Little ditty um, for you. It's all over. It's no. like the mess. <laughs> Okay. Email us. Ooh. Oh man! <laughs> email me if you like my Bob Dylan impression, and if not, email there me you about that. But Russ, one I'm way sending you an email right now. <laughs> I like it, but I wish it would get out of my head. Please, God. I'll just—I have to make another okay. one. Then. I'll have to do like the hurricane or something next time. Oh, really? Well, that would be fun. Let That'd me tell you about the map report. Actually, have you guys yeah, heard, yeah, by I the way, really have, it yet. have you guys heard that Bob Dylan is being considered, or are there, there are people mentioning his name for the Nobel Prize? Sure. Which is, Why you know, not? pretty impressive for, a, I mean... Like the most famous man in the world. Yeah. I mean, for a folk singer, that's kind of... You think I mean, he's the most famous peace, man right? in the world? Uh, no, but it was fun to say. <laughs> 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 no, the Nobel Prize for Literature. I like him. I, the world oh. would be better if he were the most famous man in the world. Why I not? thought I thought it you were legitimately making the point that he's like the most well-known figure in the world. Not that he should win no, the Nobel Prize. No, I, mean, I think he's okay. up there. <laughs> he's in my top okay. two thousand. No, I mean he's probably okay. in the top twenty-five. I don't know. I didn't think about it that much. I probably we can name not. twenty-five people more famous than Bob Dylan that are alive. I don't know, actually. That might be challenging. That would be tough. That might that's be challenging. That's a good challenging. number, though. I Let's think see. that's right on. George Bush. Maha I think George Muhammad Bush Ali. wins. I think is, is above Bob Dylan. Oh, my God. He's going to blow up. That story's popularity uh, meter. Story, story activated his popularity meter. Popularity meter, go! No, I was just quoting what... I was quoting what he's able to say right now. <laughs> Just for, uh, uh, in, from last week. What do you think about this, Mr. Cassius Clay? Uh, that is that is so wrong. That is that is ridiculous that, that you people are doing that. I mean, I understand he's an admired figure, but he really he's mush right now. He really is mush. Anyone he's revering what's left of that carcass, uh, it's carcass? Not, has nothing to do with the personality. What's wrong the with you? The personality has left wow. the building. The personality, awesome. I mean, is this is this contentious, really? Is this an argument? The personality, the understanding. He's a brilliant man story. Eli, he went Eli to the bathroom Hirsch, all by himself today. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> our philosophy professor at Brandeis, our favorite, Russ is my favorite philosophy professor at Brandeis, Eli Hirsch, he would make the argument that he is no longer rigidly himself. He, he, you would no longer say he's the same person he was. I mean, sure, it's fine to treat him with respect. It's fine to be nice to him, you know, to treat the body well. But he's flown the coop. It, the mind is elsewhere. The soul is not checking in. I, I don't think this is contentious to say. Maybe I'm wrong. So would you Email say then a, a rotten tomato in, if you disagree? In your wispy way of thinking that he no longer has a soul or yeah. the same soul that he used to have? You I mean, I that. think the soul is in limbo. 
I don't think there's probably much soul present. So the soul's point. on vacation, to make a but it has a timeshare I mean, rented somewhere in Muhammad Ali's head, yeah. and occasionally it might visit, I mean, but it's, it's really not invested not anymore. It's probably in observation <laughs> mode between lives. You know, but it's like, in it's not gonna, it's not gonna go anywhere else. It's not gonna go to some other planet in the meantime. But like, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely not firing on all cylinders. It's not engaged in whatever life, life in quotes. Is subsisting in that. Did, did his soul take a beating to the fine. head story? Or no? I'm, I'm not sure about what you think about that either. I, I mean, you know, it's just your connection. This is the thing. The brain is like I a, thought you were going to say your connection to the server has been terminated. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. I actually Team was on speaky. the edge of saying that. So, yeah, exactly. So, God, I hope some of our listeners use TeamSpeak. Otherwise, someone, I mean, I guess they hear some of it. I think they probably get the idea anyway, at this point. But uh, The point is, I basically, yeah. I see the brain as like an Ethernet cable, right? And if the Ethernet cable sustains <laughs> enough damage, and there's the soul, the soul is your server, right? And the computer is your body. It's the output, right? And people make the mistake of thinking because the Ethernet cable impacts your connection that that's all there is, right? Like people who didn't have access to see the server would believe if you were just practical and, you know, believed what Russ believes about the world, and you just saw the, the wire disappearing into the wall, you would think that the Ethernet cable was everything. You would think that the whole, oh my god, the Internet comes from an Ethernet cable. It's amazing. This little tiny wires, and the whole world comes from it. And that's not what life Italians is. Italians believe that. Life is the server. Life, yeah, I know, I did do a random thing for no reason. But anyway. Oh my god, I am Russ. Yes. Russ. Mario. I'm a plumber. Okay. Okay. The point is, yes. My excitement was Nobody, there is no universal connection. If you believe in Buddhism, you are no. If you are a Hindu reincarnation, but otherwise, if you are Christian, there's only so. Meanwhile, back at the point. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, yeah, bum, you would bum, easily bum. be tricked if you were realistic into believing bum. that the Ethernet cord was the Internet, was the world, was everything that you could display on a computer. But actually, it's all coming from somewhere else that's beyond. So, yeah, if the Ethernet cord gets chopped, you're not going to have output. You're not going to have your soul on the computer screen anymore because the connection is very important. The connection has value in and of itself, but it's not the whole shebang. It's just a connection. It's just a wire. It's just a way of getting things to you. And so it's so a way saying, of getting the soul, of conveying the soul I just to, to be clear about this. the human being. Yeah. So what you're saying yes. is that if you die, you can play Minesweeper offline. That's basically what I'm saying. Um, That's basically okay. all you need to know. What? And solitaire, also. Yes. No. Yeah. There's no, still lots to do. I mean, it's not the internet. If you Fine. go brain dead, your ethernet cord gets cut. If you die, you, you, somebody turned off the computer, the electricity, the power went out. You're not going to play Minesweeper with the power. Out. Okay? So you need power. You need physical function. That's the power. You need connection to the soul, which is the ethernet cord through your mind, through your brain. But... What actually counts, the actual content, is off-site, okay? And you may pick up something that doesn't go with you. You may learn how to ride a bicycle, some physical skill that only that's on your hard drive, okay? And you may lose that. That's fine. But the soul, the, the good stuff, the stuff that counts, the Internet, the MEP report, that goes with you. That stays with you forever. And that <laughs> moves on that to your next I'm glad the MEP report is immortal your next and plug will live up. on. Yeah. They're all levels of existence. 
So Muhammad Ali, you know, what you're saying is he just needs a visit from SBC, is basically his problem. Pretty much, he needs <laughs> some service. But this Ethernet cord probably doesn't get repaired ever. There's probably no repair people. I mean, there may be at some point. There may be brain repair. There may be regrow brain cells and reconnect, and that would be fantastic. You know, I mean, I guess there's limited brain surgery and things. You can, But usually that's Plus, just to prevent something catastrophic. We would probably so, have to yeah. start eating babies, you know, fetuses to do that. So that's something you would object to anyway. Eating fetuses, yeah. I'm not going to eat You know, eat the, stem cell, the stem cell stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, again, I think that's an open question. I don't think that's open. Okay. I sort of object okay. to it, but, you know, compared to oh, the creation of Do you know what the, the top place. news story in the New York Times is today, by the I way? I think I know what it is. There is a is, new is technique they just Ramsey? discovered. Is it the non-news no, story cell. of JonBenet Ramsey? It's stem oh, okay. cell. They discovered a new technique to do stem cell research without destroying embryos. Yeah, and the weird thing is people seem to say both sides are still... They said, even though this mm. seems to be very revolutionary, both sides are not likely to stop their fight. That's like because both of them still are like, but it's stem cells. It's like, because but, they really like fighting. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Like fighting. exactly. Exactly. There you go. There you go. anti-stem cell association... <laughs> And this discovery happens, your life is over. I mean, what if you've worked your way all your life to being the top stem cell research fighter, and then that just becomes a non-issue the next day? You know, you can either yeah, shoot yourself exactly. or continue your totally futile, stupid fight. <laughs> I want to do it. I mean, and most people will choose the latter. That's a good most people will choose case. All right, here's yeah, your choices. Exactly. Ready? You have a futile life ahead of you, which will be totally meaningless and pointless. Or here's a gun. Shoot yourself. Up choice. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, seriously, though, that? people get really committed to these, and they build an yep. image of themselves that's based on, you know, being a fighter for the right side of something. And then when a solution comes along that makes the right and wrong side irrelevant, problems. Why do you think we still have gasoline in our cars, right? We have alternatives. We have the technology. But people want to commit. They're too busy making money, you know, on the wrong thing. They're not going to give up that livelihood. I mean, that's a little right. more well, pressing because it's also futile, like millions of dollars of profit. Making so. Yeah, that's not futile. I mean, it may be evil, but it's not futile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not the same level of futility, but, you know, it's futility for the rest of us. For society, that level of futility is passed on to the next generation who thinks ah. that gasoline is the only way to get around. Second Hooray. degree futility. I like it. Yeah, I always like more than one degree of futility. Except with intellectual yeah, making arguments. making it futile for everyone else. Right. I'm going to kill your life. Second-hand futility. But <laughs> Excellent. There you exactly. go. Absolutely. We don't support it. It's deadly. Here on the map report. The emu doesn't We, like we would it. make it illegal it if we could. Exactly. That would, you see? Absolutely. There it is. That's the law that I've okay. been looking for, that you can't define that is totally okay to do now but would be illegal in my society, would be second-hand futility. There it is. Second-hand futility. That's totally nice it work. You can't do it. Okay. It's against the law. Can we end the show now? Speaking of second-hand futility, the second hand on the clock has just crossed over I was, our I was just going to... Well, we were actually oh, a minute God. away, but uh, if you guys want to jump the gun, I'm perfectly good on that. Uh, yeah, no, I, keep talking. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, oh, my God. The internet While we deal, with, um, oh my God. we deal with Mario and Luigi back there, we want to thank everybody for listening again, as always, and listening to the show. and want to remind everybody to go over and check out the podcast Peer Awards and know all that cool stuff. And otherwise, um, thanks for checking us out, and we will see you guys guys next week say goodbye everybody if koopas are ganish does that mean the turtle is god i don't know i'm not good at the theology oh my god it's yakov smirnoff in mario everything is a stupid
The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one in the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at MEPReport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu glands. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Tomorrow's just another day away.